You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 175 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror, and top of the morning to you. Happy St. Patty's Day to, or I guess it's Patty's. Belated. Well, yeah, yeah. We're a week late. but Exactly one week late. Yeah. Like, it almost seems like it may have been worth it just to record an extra episode so we could put it out on St. Patrick's Day. That sounds like a lot of things. Yeah. We don't have that much motivation. It's a lot of work. Don't you realize we've been living in our, like, just living and existing inside our homes for a year? We don't have motivations for those kind of things anymore. Yeah. But we're celebrating now. So, slancha, dummies. What'd you say? Slancha? What's slancha? Gaelic for cheers. Oh. All right. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, so to celebrate, we're going to be uh, talking about a couple of Irish-made films. Um, and that's it. That's all. <laughs> and we're drinking. That's, that's all we're doing. Yep. I thought about bringing some Irish whiskey, but I couldn't sit here and drink Irish whiskey for three hours because I got to drive home. Yeah. Need some Need coffee. Need some coffee, so, so I'm, I'm driving drive home. home. <laughs> uh, anyway, how's it going, Taylor? Uh, well, you know, same old, same old. Yep, yep. Anything uh, exciting? No. Okay. Just, you know, continuing that quarantine life. I'm, for the first time, I'm starting to feel hopeful. Yeah. I, I feel like there's finally a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, you know, Biden says he wants everyone vaccinated so we can all hang out on July 4th. He invited everybody over to the White House for a barbecue. And a fun um, party. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I don't, July 4th still seems a little... Uh, little premature to me but i i do think that we are on pace to actually have an end to this thing this year yeah i mean i i got i got my first vaccine uh last friday um actually it was two fridays ago now um and i didn't have any adverse reactions the the biggest thing i had was a sore arm for like three days yeah buddy of mine said that he like could barely lift his arm wasn't that bad because I was I was telling you I had to clear out the uh, room for the baby um, the next day and like I, I felt kind of run down but I also didn't sleep all the night before mm. for unreal which one did you get uh, Moderna okay he got Pfizer so I don't know if it is uh, I've heard pretty much the same reactions for both yeah um, and I've heard people getting like especially bad with uh, Johnson and Johnson. Um, I don't know if it's because it's like a higher dose because it's only one dose or, or what. But. I mean, AstraZeneca is the one that's really fucking people up. But Yeah, most European countries have stopped using it, I think. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
Yeah, like I same. I'm I'm starting to feel helpful hopeful. Um because you know, I I got my first vaccine. More and more people that I know are being are you know, becoming eligible to get their vaccine um soon. And things are gonna hopefully start returning to some form of normalcy. Um the only problem is you've just got so many assholes that refuse to get it. Yeah. Um, which is going to be uh, and I mean just like um you know, measles and smallpox and shit like that. You know, all polio. These, yeah, all these things that are making a like a, a little reappearance after a century of being gone. You know, they're starting to come back because people refuse to vaccinate themselves and their children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you mean you're gonna be damn sure that I'm gonna be vaccinated. My kids are gonna be vaccinated. Uh, nice thing though is um, they have found no reason to think that the vaccine is harmful to pregnant women or their child. Yeah, I saw they actually, the the first baby was born with antibodies because the mother got vaccinated. That's what my wife's OB was saying the other day when we were at an ultrasound saying that, yeah, we're seeing signs that some antibodies, some form of immunity is being passed through the placenta to the baby. So the baby is born with some form of immunity. Um, you know, what kind of... Immunities! What... <laughs> <laughs> What degree of immunity I think is left to be unseen or still yet to be seen. Um, but uh, yeah, exciting times. Yeah, I mean, as long as we can get herd immunity, you know, which actually means like getting people vaccinated and stuff, not just Trump's version of herd immunity was like, oh, if enough people get sick, well, I get immune. Right. <laughs> um, you know, something. Um, you, know, you hear about people having different degrees of reactions to the, to the vaccine um, to the point of being sick for just days on end, like violently ill. Um, I saw this article the other day. Some doctor in Wisconsin, of all places, um, is starting to notice some tie, potential ties between people that have already had coronavirus and the vaccine. Yeah, I've heard it's supposed to, the reactions are supposed to be worse if you already had it. Yeah. So um, I there there's a woman i work with who had coronavirus i think several months ago um and she got her vaccine and she said she was sick as a dog for for several days so i mean there might be some um some you know potential and truth behind that so it might be easier to identify which people are going to have bad reactions based on whether or not they've had the virus and yeah. you know, maybe what how bad the virus was when they had it Anyway, um, yeah, you're you're might be coming up eligible for your shot pretty soon here. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's like you know we've been hanging out because we've been basically living the same kind of lifestyle. Just, yeah, we're in each other's bubble. Yeah. Um. So it's like we haven't been apart, but you know, I mean, there was you know a couple months where we were doing remote every episode. Yeah. Just just to be safe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, after a few months of uh, basically. You know, being shut-ins, it's like we gotta we gotta get out for our sanity and for the show's sake because I felt like the show was suffering. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, but no, I mean, like the vaccines and you know, Disneyland is reopening, which I think is a huge sign. Um, kids are going back to school. They're saying three feet now for social distancing. Mm-hmm. So it, there's there's we're we're trending in the right direction. Yeah, I just I mean, I just hope it's not too fast. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I'm I'm glad that things are moving forward. But I hope it's not, you know, too much, too fast. Yeah, I like that. Someone asked uh, our governor Jansley about 
you know, some other states are just opening the vaccines up to everyone. Why aren't we doing that? And he's like, I could. And he goes, but, but what's the point? He's like, just, that doesn't mean you're going to get an appointment immediately. And if you get your shot now, that's some 75 year old man with a double lung uh, transplant who doesn't get one today. But devil's advocate, why didn't that 75 year old man already get his shot? Cause he was one of the first well, people eligible. It, it was hi- obviously hyperbole. And well, uh, th- I mean, like I understand his argument, but I don't agree with it because I think they should open it up to everyone. So <sighs> everybody can get their shot. Everyone will eventually. Yeah. I just feel like the the healthiest people aren't able to get their vaccines right now. Well, yeah, because they're the healthiest. But they need it the least. That doesn't mean that they are the least likely to die from it. <laughs> doesn't it? No, it doesn't. There have been health, like people like p- the peak of health uh, getting sick and dying from it. Well, yeah, but I didn't say uh, impervious to it, just least likely. I don't know. I feel like at this point we've been, it's been such a slow rollout. We've been dealing with like, you know, quarantining and, you know, opening up different phases and having different tiers for vaccines. Um, I feel like at this point we've been rolling it out slow enough to where the most vulnerable people should have gotten it already. Well, yeah. And now it's time to open it up to everyone else. I don't know. Anybody who's who's is considered like high vulnerability should have gotten it already, and if they haven't, I feel like that's on them. I don't know. You also got to remember that we were one of the states that Trump didn't want to help, and so he didn't send us any aid or anything. No. So yeah. I don't know. This whole situation's been fucked from the get go, and that's that's, that's going to be something that carries on for years at this. Point. Yeah. Um, because we're going to be this, this country's going to be. Getting off into quite a tangent here, but this country is going to be suffering from this kind of stuff or from from coronavirus for years, if not decades, to come. Like the fallout from it, because I don't feel like we've gotten any smarter. Yeah, um, and so, and that that's all due to the ineptitude of the Trump uh, administration. So, hopefully. I mean, I, like we've said this before during the campaign and during the election season and stuff, Biden is not the answer. He is a stopgap, stop you know, a Band-Aid to, to stop the bleeding. Um, the solution is yet to come, if it ever does. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, like we said, St. Patrick's Day. Did you do anything? Uh, no. No, yeah. Uh, we are though, we were in our green. You, you left that out earlier. Yeah, we, we are wearing our green. Um, wearing my official grave plot podcast, St. Patrick's day shirt. I'm, I'm repping the silver shamrock. There you go. And I'm wearing my cool little St. Patrick's. Yeah, you got day. your little, little, little thing. button. Little, little thing. This is the boondock. That's what, that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, is it green? Okay. It's got like a like a dark like yeah. forest green. Um yeah, this this hat company that I tripped across completely by accident. It's a Boston Scally Company. Or Scally Co. This is called a Scally hat or a flat cap or Newsy. 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 Yeah. Different names for it depending on where you're where you're from, but Or a Kangol. <laughs> Never a Kangol. Even if it's not a Kangol brand, it's still a Kangol. 
Uh, but yeah, I bought one of these, not, not this hat, but a different style um, because I needed something to cover my bald head when I went down south for my um, my grandma's funeral. So I bought like a you know, nice wool blend um, black hat for just for when we were outside. I'm like, I like this hat. <laughs> so I bought a green one for St. Patrick's Day. Nice. It's got a little clover in the back too. Oh, yeah. Thing. A little shamrock. A little shamrockette. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so St. Patrick's Day, uh, yeah, my wife's pregnant, so, I mean, it's not like we did a lot of drinking together anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously no drinking on St. Patrick's Day at all. No green beer. (laughs) No. Um, we did go out to our first restaurant the other day, though. Oh, yeah? Did you eat outside? No. Oh. Inside. But, I mean, it's, it's the Mongolian Grill, and, Mm. you know, it's a big place, um, and they had, you know, Every other table. God, I haven't had Mongolian Grill in so long. It's so good. There's like none around here. There's, I don't think there's any in Seattle proper. Probably not. Okay, I got to go to the suburbs to get it. I miss it. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Like that was the first thing that we hadn't had that was homemade or that we ordered, you know, delivery. We've gone out and eaten outside at a couple of places. We haven't eaten inside yet. Yeah. I I don't want to eat outside. If I have to eat outside, I'd rather just get it. Like if I have to go pick it up or have it delivered and eat at home. I'd rather do that. But it was nice to go to a restaurant and sit down and get some food that we both missed oh so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a nice change of pace. Again, another sign of kind of returning to normalcy. Yeah. Anyway, so um, let's get the show on the road. I think we've shot the shit for long enough. 13 minutes. Um, before we get going, I want to thank our uh, lovely grave diggers over on Patreon. These folks help us uh, financially, um, you know, financing the show. It, uh, it doesn't cost a lot of money, but it, it does cost money, and we don't we don't have a lot of money. It's true. And we got bills, bills to pay. Yeah, and Can't. no skills to pay them. No, <laughs> we're not good at, at things. No. I'm even good at podcasting. I don't know why you guys give us money, but, <laughs> but thank you so much for doing so. Yeah. Uh, these lovely folks are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, folks, for all of your ongoing support. It does mean the world to us, and um, we couldn't do it without you. Ugh. Excuse me. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can join the party, get perks such as watching Horror Business live. Uh, we, are, we are currently live on our Discord channel, which you will get access to for $1 a month. Uh, $5, get your name on the show. More money, more things. $100, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Yeah, and that's not going to last forever. And people just, they're just not doing it. You guys are just... Taking advantage. <laughs> I don't know how that's taking advantage, but it's not. <laughs> They're doing the opposite of taking advantage. They're not taking advantage of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on from there. Um and do some horror business. Okay. Hold on, do you want to talk about these things first? No, no. No? Okay. All right, well, starting out in horror business, 
uh, with some real world horror specifically. I saved it. <laughs> you haven't said that in like 18 episodes. So I don't know why it matters now, but all of a sudden you're like, boom, nailed it. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, starting out some real world horror, uh, go over to long Island, long Island. Uh, you gotta come see the baby. Um, everybody's familiar with the Amityville horror and never you know, heard of it. No. No. Okay, well, not everyone. So this is a new thing? <laughs> yeah, it's brand new, Taylor. I mean, you, you haven't seen the 50 million fucking movies <laughs> that have been made about it? They only remade it eight, t- eight nine, ten times. <laughs> 80,000 80, billion times. Um, but um, on Long Island, Long Island, Long Island, uh, in the town of Amityville, uh, there sits a house where in the 70s, it was 1974, um, a man by the name of Ronald DeFeo uh, shot and maimed and murdered his entire family. Uh, nobody knows why he did it, uh, other than that he, that he just completely lost his fucking mind. Um, and the, these were the tales that uh, were the, uh, the Amityville Horror was based on. Um, well, more so the Lutz family that moved in afterwards. Sure, yeah. The, and then they claimed supernatural things because uh, the, the Warrens sold money. To. Yeah, it's like the Warrens stepped in. It's like, guys, if you make a big deal out of this, we can get rich. Pretty much. Uh, anyway, um, that old bitty is still getting rich out of it. God. Anyway, the other the the Ed Ed died. Yeah, but Lorraine's still alive. He's getting poked in the ass with pitchforks right now. <laughs> Boop. Anyway, um, so uh, naturally, when you murder a bunch of people, you typically go to jail. For, <laughs> Hopefully. For, for a long time. And that's where Ronald DeFeo set until uh, recently, uh, last Friday, the 12th of March. Uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. died at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in upstate New York. Um, he was serving a 25 to life sentence, um, for murdering his family. Uh, he had what recently trying to plead insanity. Yeah. He was coming up for parole. All right. Um, I mean, there, there are certain circumstances where a, a plea of insanity might be caused to say, okay, well, Maybe instead of just pulling, putting you in like federal pound me in the ass prison, uh, we put you in, uh, you know, a, a home, you know, a, a mental facility, yeah, padded room, um, and uh, but there's like certain instances where you murder your entire family for seemingly no reason. I feel like that those are different circumstances. Also, when you're like, I know it's been 45 years, but I think I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> or if I'm not crazy now, I was definitely crazy <laughs> when I slaughtered my entire family. So, reach out? <laughs> so, chia? <laughs> I, don't know, um, I don't know if it is chia. <laughs> well, it just amazes me that somebody like that could even get uh, a chance for parole. No shit, right? It seems, I mean, you hear things of people getting sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. It's like, why wasn't he one of those people? Right. But uh, he was coming up for parole. And the yeah, guy from trying. the sex cult 
got like six life sentences. Right. Yeah. I'm pointing at my TV. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy on the TV. Because you know, I watched the show about him. <laughs> um, Have you watched that one? Uh, sort the, of. The Vow? Yeah, Kristen was watching it, and I was kind of half paying attention. It was really interesting for like the first three episodes, and then it kind of died down. It's like, yeah, I get it. Sex cult. <laughs> cool. I, I like sex. <laughs> Look, I've, I've heard a lot about cults, and they all pretty much seem this, like they're the same thing, so... What are we doing here? <laughs> um. Uh. Da, da, da. Yeah. So he was found uh, dead in his cell, right? Um. It's not listed here, but I think I saw that in an article I was reading. Um. And um. Yeah, the reason for his death has not been revealed. Uh, pending an autopsy. Um. But uh, yeah. So. He's dead now. So there you go. So now he's going to go haunt the Amityville house, at least according to the movie that I'm sure will come out soon. Oh, absolutely. James Wan is already writing it. Yeah. And he's got um, fucking Patrick Wilson and what's her face on board. Mm. Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. Right. Even though the half of the Warrens are dead and the other one's old. So it, it's going to be... <laughs> gonna be this movie about ronald defeo haunting the amityville house there's a, with the new family who changed the windows he's mad they changed the windows <laughs> so, so now he's haunting and uh lorraine warren has to come and help exercise ronald defeo with her supernatural sidekick edward <laughs> and who plays ed well patrick, patrick, patrick wilson, wilson obviously i'm trying to think of a way to fit uh oliver platt in here so he can come in and be like, be, be gone. gone. There's got to be a way. I mean, <clears throat> Patrick Wilson played the young Ed Warren in the flashbacks, and then Oliver Platt is the, the ghost of Ed Warren. Even though they're roughly the same age <laughs> and look nothing new. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I think uh, what's um, Oliver Platt's probably like at least 10 years older. That doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. He's the king. <laughs> Big old. Um, yeah. So there you go. A new tale for the Amityville house. <clears throat> Why did they change the windows? Because people kept like coming and taking pictures and stuff, and they thought changing the windows would make people be like, oh, that's not the right house. Yeah, they changed the windows, and they changed the address. Oh, that's right. But it's like people know where the house is. And always, they're going to come take pictures of it anyway. I always like to pretend that the song Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card is about the Amityville house. Oh, yeah? <laughs> because the Amityville house is on Ocean Avenue. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <clears throat> so when they're like, there's a place on Ocean Avenue, I'm like, it's the Amityville house. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. You got it, too. Yeah. Go to a backflip violin guy. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Uh, all right. Let's talk about something else. All right, so uh, nothing official on this front, but there have now been multiple rumors coming from multiple sources that Rob Zombie is making a Monsters movie. 
This started with uh, Insider, whatever the fuck that means. Charles Murphy of Murphy's Multiverse. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> I saw that there was this video going around Twitter of Prince like stopping in the middle of a concert to take a jump shot. He had like had a basketball hoop on the side of the stage and he just like stopped and took a shot. And everyone was like, "Well, this confirms Charlie Murphy's story." Dude, uh, where was I hearing this? Um, oh, it was on um, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Uh, Zach Braff was talking to Eddie Murphy at some point, like at a, at a party or something, and he asked him about the Prince event. And he said that that was like like almost exactly what happened. I mean, he said that that uh, Chappelle kind of dressed it up for for comedy, but uh, more or less exactly what happened. But what happened was, I think it was, I don't think it was Charlie Murphy. I think it was somebody else in their crew. It was like mm. you know, like this baller, but he gave him a size a pair of shoes that were like two sizes too small, so his feet were like cramped in these tiny shoes, and he couldn't play right, so he just got fucked up. <laughs> Well, Charlie Murphy says that uh, Zombie has been hired to write and direct a Munsters film for Universal. Uh, of course, as anyone could have guessed, Sherry Moon Zombie will play Lily. Man, who saw that coming? Man, well, yeah, straight out of left field. Glad to see Rob Zombie branching out. Uh, on top of that, Jeff Daniel Phillips is set to portray Herman. Once again, Rob Zombie just going outside his comfort zone. Just gets better and better. Uh, Dan Roebuck <clears throat> is set to play uh, Grandpa, which he's not old enough, is he? Not really. I mean, like, I mean, he's probably in his sixties, but he's he doesn't play old. I don't. Yeah. Think. I mean, neither did Eddie Izzard, but you can see how well that show did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eddie, the werewolf son, is now being reimagined as Lester, Lily's brother. Yeah, why? Um, Eddie Marsan has been offered the part. I don't know who that is. Uh, Google him. You'll, you'll recognize him. I didn't know who it was either, but as soon as I looked him up, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, no word yet on if he's going to accept it. If he doesn't, there are a couple other names that are being circled. Uh, why? I, I don't know, man. Yeah, he played uh, Inspector Lestrade in the... Um Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. Okay. Well, if he doesn't take the part, they're currently uh, circling, I guess. Haley Joel Osment, Kevin Connolly, Kevin Weissman, and Frankie Muniz. None of those people have anything in common. Is Kevin Connolly E? Huh? Is, is Kevin Connolly E? Kevin Con... Um, right? That's E, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I had him and, and someone else in mind, but so I wasn't sure. But yeah, none of those people have like anything in common. I feel like if this is accurate, he has no idea who he wants to play this role. Yeah, it's kind of an eclectic group. <laughs> I would say Kevin Weissman looks the most like a werewolf. Fair. <laughs> uh, there will also be a new character named Doctor Henry Wolfgang. A mad scientist played by Richard Brake, another frequent zombie collaborator, who has an assistant named Floop, played by Jorge Garcia, a.k.a. The Blitz. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. 
Uh, Cassandra Peterson, better known as Elvira, will cameo as the monster's real estate agent. And classic horror villains Count Orlock from Nosferatu and Igor will appear in supporting roles, though they have not yet been cast. Filming is set to begin this summer, or sorry, this May, in Budapest. How are they going to make Budapest look like an American suburb? Green screen? Technology? I hate everything about this. Everything. Like every single little thing. I think maybe 10 years ago, or no longer, probably like 15, possibly 20 years ago, like around the time the House of a Thousand Corpses came out, I could probably be like, oh yeah, I could see that. That'd be cool. I see so many people being like, oh, this is just a natural fit. What? They're like, well, Rob Zombie's a huge Monsters fan, and he owns the original Dracula, and I'm like, that doesn't mean he would make a good Monsters movie. No. People are like, it's just the same thing as Tim Burton and the Addams Family. It's like, no, there's clearly a style there that both of those fit in, and Monsters has a style, and Rob Zombie has a style, and they do not fit. You know who would probably be make a good Monsters movie? Tim Burton? Tim Burton. <laughs> because that is his style. Right. Like I could see like uh, like an Adam. No, sorry, I keep thinking. Like I, I keep making that classic mistake thinking the Adams Family movies with like Raul Julia were Tim Burton, but they weren't. But you know that same kind of like creepy gothic look would translate to the monsters well. Sure. But I mean, why would he do that? <laughs> he's making enough money off producing movies, and he's making that stupid Adams Family Netflix show, right? I got almost, almost got tricked into uh, thinking like a fake trailer was a trailer for that show. Mm. the The channel on YouTube that that made it made it appear pretty authentic, but it's not. Um, you were bamboozled. I was flim flammed. Um, yeah, I mean, from from what I've read, and again, this is all just rumors. Nothing has been confirmed by Rob Zombie or Universal or anyone involved. But from what I'm re- I've read, it's going to be. Rob Zombie's version of the monsters. It's not going to be the like comedy TV show. It's it's going to be dark and gritty and dirty and white trash and yeah. It's like what I've always wanted to see is fucking white trash monsters, right? Like thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane is suddenly a trailer, right? <laughs> or a mobile home. I guess that's how they can make make it look like America and in, in Budapest. Just put a bunch of old busted trailers in in a group. Yeah. Uh that's sad because I feel like if they had any imagination, they could have found somebody better to do it. Yeah. Like, and I just can't, like, so much of this casting, it just seems parody. Like, oh, yeah, Rob Zombie's making a monster. And obviously, these people that he's always worked with are going to play so and so and so and so. Yeah. Do you know who would play uh, Grandpa if he was still alive? Sid Haig. That's, yep. 100%. 100%. That's probably what he had in mind before Sid died. <laughs> And but like I'm having trouble with all of these. Yeah, Jeff Daniel Phillips is I feel too skinny to play Herman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherry, well, Moon, Sherry, I mean, Sherry Moon Fred, Zombies. Fred Gwynn was pretty pretty skinny, but they you know they made him look like Frankenstein. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure they'll do that with uh, with Phillips too. Um, and this reimagining Eddie into her brother instead of their kid. Like, what's the point of that? I don't understand. I mean, you just not want to have a kid in the movie. I mean, like, you know, they did something like that with Adam's family because, like, in the comic strip and the TV show, Uncle Fester was Morticia's uncle. 
Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, but in the movies, obviously, Uncle Fester was Gomez's brother. But it worked. I mean, it, it they changed it, but it worked. And it wasn't making a child uh, role into an adult <laughs> for no reason. <sighs> anyway. Maybe, yeah, maybe they just didn't want to cast a child and deal with that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, if they cast Frankie Munez, they can just pretend he's Malcolm in the middle <laughs> since he looks pretty much the same. Yeah. At least last I saw him. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's a no from us, dog. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a hard pass. So several years ago, uh, a Swedish film came out. I'm a Swedish plumber. Herky rooty doo, the cheeky cheeky. <laughs> um, called "Let the Right One In" came out to you know critical acclaim. For some reason, I think I, was, I thought it was boring. I never saw the Swedish one. I only saw the remake. Um, the remake wasn't like the remake was like the remake e- wasn't very good. I didn't care for it. Yeah, that. the remake was equally boring. If, I mean, if you ask me, of course, I don't like this. Like, I think I've said it before. Like, um, like these vampire movies where like they're not classic vampires. There's something different about them. Some kind of different version of a vampire. I don't like that. Just give me the fucking vampire that I want. <laughs> <laughs> give me what I want. Um. Anyway, I forget what year it came out, but it, it's it's been a while. Um, it's been a while. Yep. Uh, yeah, then it was remade with um, Chloe Grace Moritz called Let Me In. Yep. Um, wasn't Elias Cotillas in that too? I don't know who that is, I don't think. Uh, Casey Jones, bro. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. From Ninja Turtles? Yeah, but do you know that song? No. No? Driving know that, that train high on cocaine. No? Bruh. I don't think so. No, no, not now. Later. <laughs> it's unimportant. Um, anyway, so, yeah, even though it's already been remade in America, uh, apparently they're going to... It's the Grateful Dead. Revive it. I'm not a big Grateful Dead fan. Um, I don't like one song by the Grateful Dead. Now you know two. Okay. <laughs> um... Anyway, so Showtime, a premium channel that very few people watch, uh, has ordered a pilot episode uh, for a series of Let the Right One In. Um, Damien Bitcher. Bitcher. (laughs) Guessing Bashir, probably. From The Nun is attached to Star. Andrew Hinraker. Or Hinderaker. I don't know. From Away is the showrunner. What's Away? I don't know what Away is. I don't either. Uh, and Seth, I assume it's probably Seth. Scythe. Scythe, maybe. Scythe Man. <laughs> Scythe Man. Uh, from Homeland is it's just, directing. It's just a vigilante superhero who just carries around a giant scythe. scythe. 
Uh, project is being made with uh, Tomorrow Studios, um, who have been trying to get one, or trying to get a series off the ground for several years. Um, uh, first went through A&E and then TNT. That sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like I remember hearing about that. Uh, series centers on a father, uh, Mark, who's played by Damien Bashir, uh, and his 12-year-old daughter who live... Or, sorry, whose lives were forever changed 10 years earlier when she was turned into a vampire. Oh, so well, this is like a sequel? Maybe. I don't remember the, the characters' um, names or anything. Uh, lock, so she's locked in at age 12, perhaps forever. Eleanor lives a closed-in life. Uh, able to only go out at night while her father does his best to provide her with the minimal amount of human blood she needs to stay alive. Uh, you know what this sounds like? What's that? Maggie. Uh fuck. With I, Arnold? I remember the movie. I just remember very little about it. Other than it wasn't very good. No, no. It wasn't great. Um, You know, the problem with doing a show like this, though, is uh, kids age. Yeah, much faster than adults do. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're like, "All right, this person has to be 12 forever," then good fucking luck with that. Yeah, you get like maybe a couple seasons. Yeah, I mean, like, and you're gonna have to start like digitally de aging them. Yeah, I mean, you know, things like, um, well, let's take Stranger Things. You know, those kids they're aging. You know, probably faster than the show's progressing, but still, especially now with ton- season four on hold. Yeah, you know that they're. They're in the show, they're normal kids who age at a normal rate, so it works with the premise of the show. Right. When you've got somebody who's supposed to be immortal, locked in at, a, at the age of 12, it doesn't work that well. No, not so much. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at, like, um, like a show like uh, Angel, and, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer before it, but David Boreanaz playing the same vampire, uh, you know, presumably, I think he was supposed to be, like, 19. And he looked 40. Yeah, well, I mean... You know, to his credit, he looked pretty good for, you know, most of his 20s and 30s. Um, But, you know, I think that show, over the course of time, if you compare, like, the first time he showed up on Buffy to the last episode of Angel, like, there's a very, very clear and apparent difference between (laughs) between the ages, you know, over the course of, fuck, nine years or something like that, he aged you know graciously so it, it wasn't super noticeable from week to week but if you look at the beginning and the end very clear difference but yeah you're right with kids they grow noticeably at a much more rapid pace so uh yeah that's that's the trouble with casting kids i guess I mean, shit, look at how much Mary Madeline aged just in the time it took us to film they reach. Oh, I know. Yeah, and all the all the things they had to do to try and cover up her age and stuff. Yeah. Try to get her to fit into the same wardrobe. Um, I've seen, like, seeing her pictures on Facebook. I think she's like 6'8 now. <laughs> she's, she's so fucking tall. <laughs> she was shorter than me when we started, and now she's definitely taller than me. Um... Uh, Anyway, uh, the se- uh, Hinderaker says the series is both a love letter to the original film and a story entirely our own. Okay, so it's not 
So it's loosely based, I guess. Got it. Uh, and casting a true artist like Damien epitomizes our bold aspiration to be one of the most terrifying shows on t- uh, TV and one of the most moving. Uh, I mean... Uh, were the movies meant to be scary? This isn't like an artsy film. I right. Really doubt they were it. like romantic more than anything. Yeah. And I think like there was... It's been so long since I saw the original... I've seen the remake a couple times, but I saw the original once, and it was like not long after it was released, so I don't remember it all that well. But I feel like there was like a like a like a subplot of like kind of androgyny, mm, yeah, where like you didn't know if the vampire was a boy or girl, and maybe I'm making that up or remembering a, a different discussion or something. I don't know, but. Um, Yeah, it was definitely not like it was about vampires, but it definitely wasn't scary, right? Or, or, or horror, as you, as you might consider it. I think it was probably like the for or the front end of this whole elevated horror thing. I mean, vampires have always had that you know kind of air of romance about them, but sure. But they're always vampires, right? Unless you look at like, um, what was it uh, only only lovers left to. Alive or something like that. The uh, Jim Jarmusch movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, things like that where it's just like they... It's like the characters are vampires, but you're not really sure why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I mean, good luck to them, I guess. Sure. I mean, like I said, like... I don't watch Showtime all that much. Uh, I don't think I know anybody who does. I can't think of any shows on there that I like. Really like want to watch. <laughs> there was something that she wanted to watch on there. Now I can't even remember what it was though. Well, we don't have it. So wasn't The Wire on there? I know that was a popular show. Was that, it was either Showtime or HBO. I think it might have been HBO. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Like I have Showtime. Like the channel on Amazon, um, and I rarely watch it. Yeah, like, e- like even like the movies they have available, I rarely watch it. Although one of the shows or one of the movies we watched today was on the Showtime channel. Was it? Yeah. So there you go. Neat. So you did watch it. You do watch it. You son of a bitch. Goddamn liar. I'm a fucking phony. <laughs> you never surfed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on from vampires to Frankenstein's. You can't pluralize Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frankenstein. Willem. Defoe <laughs> is uh, currently in talks, as well as Emma Stone, for a, quote, Frankenstein-esque poor things. So I didn't... Side note here. Uh, Willem Defoe, we know he's creepy. He's just a creepy guy. He's a creepy looking dude. Yeah. Uh, so I watched, like, I haven't seen Aquaman. Like, it's James Wan. I don't like Jason Momoa. <laughs> it's just, and I, I don't like Amber Heard. So it's just like, why watch it? I don't care. 
Okay. But I watched the Snyder Cut uh, a few days ago, um, and Willem Dafoe's in it. He's an Atlantean, so he has these scenes with Aquaman, uh, and he's got like this long, like long hair, and it's wet because they're underwater, and it's just like you want to make a creepy guy even creepier. You give him long, stringy hair. <laughs> It's like why? Why would you do that to him? Yeah, that's enough. That, that's it. That's your whole aside. I just wanted to talk about my Willem Dafoe story. <laughs> uh, this is coming from Greek filmmaker Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, Lanthimonopoulos. Yep, him. Uh, best known for the killing of a sacred deer. He is set to adapt this, which is actually based on a 1982 book by Alistair Gray. According to Deadline, the film will be a Victorian tale of love, discovery, and scientific daring. Poor Things tells the invincible, or sorry, incredible story of Belle Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by an eccentric but brilliant scientist. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Stone is attached to play Belle Baxter, uh, but no word yet on who Defoe would be playing if he would be playing this eccentric scientist or what. Uh, Tony McNamara is writing the script. Um, you know, I used to like Emma Stone. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> you used to really like Emma Stone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. My taste for her has kind of faded over the years. Um, yeah, she just kind of bugs me now. <laughs> so it's like, you know, at a point, there was a point where it's like, oh, Emma Stone movie, that might be worth seeing. And now it's just like, uh, whatever. You're just like, oh, Emma Stone? Nah, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> I mean, if it looks good, I might see it. But it's like... What do you think about Cruella? I think it looks dumb. I think it was like Disney was like, we need our own Harley Quinn. What properties do we have? Right. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I don't know, Ursula, Cruella. She was like, that's the one. That's the one. Yep. Write it. Let's make a million dollars. Well, you know, they made so much money doing uh, um, fucking Angelina Jolie one. Uh, uh, Maleficent. That, that's the one. And it seems like it's generally the same premise. Just mm, like, yeah. oh, this Disney villain reimagined is kind of a, not a terrible person. When are we getting a Scar movie? I mean, that's, give me, well, they've already made a Jafar movie, I guess. But make a good Jafar movie. They made a Jafar movie? Didn't they? I thought one of the sequels was, was all about Jafar. Oh, like a cart? Yeah, the, the, the cartoon. The yeah, second movie. I think it was. I think it was direct to video. Was yeah, Return of Jafar. Um, but it wasn't really about Jafar. He's just back. He returned. Yeah, <laughs> I thought there was like a later one, like when Homer Simpson was voicing the genie. It was maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I say Did Dan? I, I say a lot of things. <laughs> Did Dan Castle and Lena voice the genie? Yeah. I didn't know that. There was like four sequels to that. Well, yeah. And I know, I just didn't know he did the voice. He did indeed. I think Robin Williams, I mean, I know, I know, fucking tongue tied here. I know that You know Robin Williams, that's what you're saying. I I met him personally. Um, No, he only did the first movie. I know that. I just don't know who did it. And then they have the, the cartoon series too. Yeah, that one. I don't think he did it on the series, but I'm pretty sure Dan Castellaneta did all the sequels. Mm. Okay, then. Yeah. There you go. 
What other cool Disney villains? I don't know why we're talking about this, but what other cool Disney villains would make a, a good movie? Like a live action one? Yeah. Um. I don't know. Hades, maybe? As long as it's not James Woods. No, fuck James Woods. <laughs> fuck James Woods in the ass all the way to hell. Um, Which is so sad because I used to really I used like to, James yeah, Woods. Yeah, me too. What are they making? Are, are they still working on a live-action Hercules? I thought the Russo brothers were making a live-action Hercules. News to me. Yeah. Uh, fuck, I don't know. I, I kind of wish they would stop making live-action ones because... You know, the the cartoons were like treasured things, and now they're just recycling them to make live-action ones that aren't very good. Yeah. Like, none of the live-action movies have been very good. No. I was, like, I was so hyped for Lion King. Really? I was like, this cast is amazing. And, yeah, Daniel Glover. Yep, Danny Glover. He was like, I'm too old for this shit. (laughs) Donald Donald Glover. Donald Glover, Beyonce. Um, Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen as Timon and Pumbaa. I thought was per- they were actually they were really good. They were the best part of the movie. But but like oh yeah, gay guy and a Jew. He doesn't get much better <laughs> than that. <laughs> um, I guess that's kind of what the original. It was Nathan Lane and um oh fuck, I can't remember. Big fat guy. <laughs> I think unless I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, anyway, keep going. But yeah, the live action one it was just like. It just looked like a nature show that someone did a voiceover for. Yeah. Like there, there was no emotion in any of the animals. Yeah. And it's like afterwards, it's just like, what What was the point? Yeah. And Aladdin wasn't good, which is was sad because it's like my favorite Disney movie. Uh, I, I refuse to watch Aladdin. Uh, because. Because of Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Will Smith. Did you figure out who played Pumbaa yet? I'm working on it. Oh, right. Who was it? Ernie Sabella. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Russo on Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Him. That, that season where they worked at the uh, the country club on the beach? Yes. That guy. Um, Russo, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Apparently he's still voicing Pumbaa. Really? Yeah. They're still making things with Pumbaa? TV series, looks like. Anyway, Willem Dafoe and Emma Stone, starring in Poor Things. Uh, unknown when this is going to start casting anything like that. Emma Stone is also producing. So there's that. Yeah. And Disney. <laughs> This is actually a pretty wild segue because our next two stories are both about Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, not exactly. I mean, in a roundabout way. Sure. So Marvel Comics, which... Owned by Disney. No. Marvel Comics is still an independent entity. Disney owns Marvel Studios, who makes the movies. So then how is this able to happen? 
because they have a licensing deal. Hmm. The, Disney holds the film rights to Marvel characters. Well, most of them. Marvel Studio or Marvel Comics has publishing rights. Unlike DC Comics, which is like comics and films and cartoons and all that are all owned by Warner Brothers. All right, read the story. Okay. Anyway, um, so Marvel Comics is uh, launching into a new ongoing series based on the Predator movies. Excuse me. I have a burp I need to get out, and it's not coming. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Games Radar is reporting that former Uncanny X Men writer Ed Brisson and uh, Kev Walker, I'm not familiar with him, worked on Doctor Strange. I don't, I don't know if he's a writer or an artist or what, um, but. Uh, Starting on the new series, which is set just a few few uh, few years in the future, um, and is in the continuity of the film series. So everything that you've seen on film thus far is going to continue on in this comic series. Um, Marvel is describing the series as a violent, heartbreaking, unforgettable new chapter in the Predator saga. Uh, synopsis is as such: hunt, kill, repeat. In the near future, a young girl seems to sees her family slaughtered by the deadliest and most feared hunter in the universe, a predator. Years later, though her ship is barely holding together and food is running short, Theta won't stop stalking the spaceways until the Yaucha monster who killed her. Oh God, I, can, I used to know how to pronounce this, and I can't remember. I think it's Yaucha. Uh who killed her family is dead or she is now. Yacha is the name that was given to the predator species in a previous predator comic series. So they never actually said it in the film mm. or films. Interesting. But it's actually, yeah, part of Canon. Um, yeah. So predator number one goes on sale on June 9th with a primary cover by Lionel Francis Yu, and variant covers, variant covers by Ryan Brown, Philip Tan, Raza, uh, Peach Momoko. Oh, David Finch, sweet. Uh, oh, wait, I knew about that. Uh, Inuk Lee, Ron Lim, and Scotty Young. Um, yeah, a lot of talent in there. I mean, that's... That's how comic books are making their money nowadays with variant covers. Like, because you can, you know, you put the out. collector's got to have all of them. Yeah. Yeah. You put out one issue a month of a comic and you get like maybe five bucks for it. Uh, and, you know, you sell not even half a million copies of it, you're losing money. Um, so yeah, they started putting out variant covers because you know you can sell the same issue five times and right. people will buy it. Uh, but yeah, some talent, some good talent in there. Um, I really like Ryan Brown and Philip Tan and David Finch. David Finch is like my top three comic book artists. I don't know who Peach Momoko is, but it sounds delicious. <laughs> it's like uh, mimosa, except That's it has yeah. peach juice. 
I don't know why it's a Momoko. But <laughs> so would that just be like a peach mosa? I don't know. What is the Bellini is pear. All right. So it's a peach Bellini. Sure. Let's go with that. Sure. Okay. So variant cover by Peach Bellini. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, think, I think it's cool that it's, it's... They licensed this with Fox, who was owned by Disney, was kind of, the, I guess, the more apt segue. But Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. I didn't think about the whole... I, I think about Fox owning, or was it 20, 20th Century Studios now? Yeah. Um, I didn't think about them owning the rights to Predator. Um, man, that's uh, fucking... What was it? Um lateral marketing um that, was that the term no but i can't uh virtual integration <laughs> or uh, uh vertical integration right <laughs> like i don't know if that's a real thing or like a real term but god damn it if that's not <laughs> how the world works and it's so fucking depressing <laughs> but they made it funny yeah I, I just uh, watched 30 Rock for the first time, like all the way through. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm writing that high right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, I like the film. Uh, well, say I won't I won't say I like the Predator film series because I actually like two of the movies. <laughs> the rest of them were pretty bad. Thing is, Marvel also has a deal with Fox to do Alien comics, so you know we're getting an Alien versus Predator comic now. Again, <laughs> see, like there have been, uh, you know, numerous limited series of Predator, Alien, Alien versus Predator, Predator and, versus Alien. Yeah, all the different iterations you can think of. There's Alien versus Predator versus Ash. <laughs> there was a Predator versus Terminator. Um, Predator versus. Fucking Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, those kinds of, like, comic book companies, especially like, you know, DC and Marvel, who um, hadn't, you know, they, they hadn't been selling things as well as they had in years past. You know, they just did all kinds of that shit. Just so many different fucking crossovers just an attempt to make money. Until like you know the image comic guys started boosting the industry again, but it's just funny that all those fucking wacky off the wall crossovers were happening, like Terminator versus RoboCop. Because why not? <laughs> They're both robots. Anyway, so look for that on your comic book shelves on June 9th. Buy all the covers. Like typically, I wouldn't agree with something like that. I'd think it's just. A money-making ploy. Yeah. But the comic book industry is really suffering, guys. <laughs> and comic book stores are suffering even more. So please, go buy at least one copy of something. <laughs> Shout out to Destiny City Comics in Tacoma. And Action City Comics in Federal Way. No, go to mine. <laughs> <laughs> one step beyond.
All right, so more Disney talk. Uh, Disney Plus is going to be having a new show based on R.L. Stein's Just Beyond series of comics. Uh, more comics talk as well. One step beyond. Yep. Yep. That's the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Troll Hunters. <laughs> Uh, Disney Plus has given an eight-episode order to the horror comedy anthology series. This is from writer-showrunner Seth Graham Smith, who is best known for writing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, as well as Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Pretty good uh, books. If you can make it through Pride and If you can make it through Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, it's a pretty solid book. Yeah. But it's written in like that old, like the same way that Emily Dickinson wrote it. Yeah, because he just took Pride and Prejudice and then added zombies. Right. So, he, he didn't really write a new book. <laughs> not really. So yeah, if if you can make it through it, if you're like an Emily Dickens fan and also a zombie fan, then it should do be. Do those no exist? Huh? Do those exist? Uh, maybe. <laughs> and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was solid. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh Stein will serve as a co-executive producer. Uh Mark Webb, who directed The Amazing Spider-Man and 500 Days of Summer. I love that a guy named Webb directed The Amazing Spider-Man. That's oh. That's, that's vertical integration. <laughs> uh, he is on board to direct the entire series. R.L. Stein said, Back in the day, we had a Goosebumps Horrorland attraction at Walt Disney World, and I said, What? Where was I? <laughs> yeah, why did I not know about this? I mean, I never went to Disney World. I've only been to Disneyland. But and I mean, Florida. Ew. Ew, Florida. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I literally never knew there was a Horrorland attraction at Disney World. Me neither. I mean, unless it was like, when I was like 10 and wasn't paying attention to the world. I wasn't paying attention to Florida. All right. <laughs> uh, what else did he say? He said, one of the thrills of my life. Now I'm thrilled to be back with Disney for the TV series based on my graphic novels. Writing just beyond for, boom, studios. Jesus. <laughs> It's been a joy from the beginning. And I'm so happy to have the wonderful screenwriter, Seth Graham Smith, bring the series to life on Disney+. Plus. How lucky can I be? I mean, you could win the lottery, I guess. You could. That, that'd probably be pretty that, lucky. That'd be pretty lucky. Or like you find a dollar on the floor. Pretty lucky. That's not as lucky, but it's, it's, it's still pretty lucky. Yeah, I mean, like, that doesn't happen every day. No. I mean, if it's in your home, then it's just your dollar. It's just your own dollar. That's sure. really... Anything. Yeah, it's like when you find... That like, means you lost a dollar at some point. Yeah. It's like a, you find like 20 bucks in your pocket and you're like, oh, all right. Or like, everything's <laughs> coming up, Tony. I would say more like if you go to a store and you try on jeans and there's $20 in the pocket. That's lucky. Sure. I actually did find a fiver in a pair of shorts once. Did you buy them? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I got what I came for. <laughs> like, how much are these shorts? I will give you $5. <laughs> Don't ask how I acquired it. <laughs> I don't think that's any of your business. <laughs> Thank you to stay out of my personal affairs. Oh, I also did find in a pair of shorts once uh, a uh, KKK recruitment card. So that was fun. Oh, my. Yeah, that was quite an experience. Did you call? No. <laughs> I did just, like, just out of curiosity, I checked like other pockets and other clothes on racks. Just all over the place. Like They just stuffed them. This is like in a fucking suburb of Seattle. Yeah. What? That's fucked up. And granted, the city and state wasn't as as, left-leaning as it is now back then, but even still. 
What the fuck? He probably came over from Idaho or something. <laughs> Fucking Idaho. Um, so I'm not really familiar with Just Beyond. It is it's a fairly new comic series. It came out in 2019, and I also don't read R.L. Stein anymore. No. Because I'm a grown-up with a <laughs> job. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking the other day, I don't really read anymore. I used to read all the time. Yeah, I don't either. And it's like I, I can't with a straight face saying I say I don't have time for it because I could make time. I just don't like I could, there's other things I would rather do. But it's just sad. I used to read all the time and I just never do anymore. Yeah. Like her parents always give them books for Easter. Mm-hmm. It's some tradition they have. And so she was like, What what book would you want for Easter? And I'm like, I don't have time to read. So I'm like, I don't know, that'd be like a cocktail book or something that I might actually get use out of. Mm-hmm. Cause if she just gets me like, you know, somebody's biography or something, it's just going to sit on a shelf and I'm never going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I have, God, I think a couple biographies, like people I really like. And I started reading them and I just never finished them. Yeah. Not because I wasn't interested. I just couldn't make time for it. Yeah. But if you are a big fan of R.L. Stein, uh, maybe look forward to this. I know he's also got that uh, trilogy of movies coming out with uh, uh, something. Uh, what's her name? The girl who played Cheddar. Eden. All right. Eden Campbell from They Reach. She's in there somewhere. She's Yeah, she's. I, I think she's in the second one. Yeah. I think I saw a trailer for that the other day. Which I feel... Didn't you tell me it takes place in like the 70s? Uh, I think the first one does. Oh, okay. I don't really remember. Like I pretty much stopped paying attention to it after we talked about it on the show. Well, anyway, R.L. Stein coming at you. Horrorland at Disney World. <laughs> All that stuff. No, no, not that. Oh, that's past. Darn. <laughs> don't go to Florida. There's yeah, no reason. There is really not. All right, that's going to do for horror business, guys. We have made it to the end. And where do we go from here, Taylor? Movie reviews. All right, so like we said at the top of the episode, uh, as this is our St. Patrick's Day episode, we watched a couple of uh, films made in Ireland, the Emerald Isles, if you will. They call it that. They do. Some some people do. Some people call it that. Yeah. Um, may, maybe not Irish people. I don't know, that doesn't seem like a native thing. Right. Is that one of those things like the OC where the people who live there like don't fucking call it that? <laughs> they don't call it that. <laughs> um. But anyway, two very different movies that mm. we picked. Mm. Yes, quite. Uh, just let me ask: did you did you put the movie on there for me? No, no, I picked it. Yeah, because I had already seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, not that long ago. Oh no, I did not. It just seemed weird that I'd put a movie on. I'd never heard of this before you put it on. Really? There. Yeah. It seemed weird that I'd put a movie on there that I had already seen. Maybe you put it on there and forgot you put it on there, and then you watched it? Maybe. It didn't seem like I added that so too long. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I watched it anyway, because I wasn't sure how much of it I remembered. Anyway, so we uh, have uh, Wakewood and Extraordinary. Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Wakewood.
this place? I don't know. What did you see? What goes on in Wakewood is not for everyone. Listen to me. We want you to do this. Do it now. The house seems strange. If we have to lie, isn't that worth it? On the wild wind you fly, between this world and the next. From that twilight realm you see over your perch, the trials of the living and the wake of the dead. All right, so this movie opens up with the Daly family, um, Patrick and Louise, and their daughter Alice. Wheezy, as she likes and, to be called. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dynamite. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is from two thousand. It originally came out in two thousand eleven, or originally came out in two thousand nine at the Lift. I don't know what that is. Um, Theatrically came out 2011. So either way, it's 10 years old minimum. So I'm going to spoil the fucking shit out of it. I'm going to spoil it so hard all over your face. (laughs) This is a Hammer film. Yeah. I was kind of surprised to that pop up on the screen. Yeah. They don't do much. I mean, like they... So, I mean, they were real popular in their 70s, obviously. And even in the 80s, I guess. And then they just kind of faded into like obscurity for a while yeah and then they popped up again seemed like with woman in black that's the first hammer film i remember seeing in modern age hmm. um but then they did like a handful of movies and it seems like they've just kind of faded out again yeah well anyways yeah this is a hammer film uh directed by david keating written by david keating and brendan mccarthy uh filmed in county donegal ireland as well as some scenes in uh Osterlin, Scania, Sweden. I'm Swedish. <laughs> That's good. That's a good accent. Um, so Patrick Weezy and Alice. Patrick is a... <laughs> Patrick is a veterinarian. Uh, and it's it's Alice's birthday, so they're all doting on her. They give her a hamster. and um, oh, I totally forgot it was her birthday. Yep. Makes it even more tragic. Tony's already spoiling it. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but yeah, she goes to head to school with with her hamster. She's apparently taking the hamster to school. I didn't notice that. And yeah, she had it like the whole like cage thing that came in. She had it like draped under her arm. Hmm. But she stops to say hello to one of the dogs that her dad is is working on in his veterinary clinic. And uh, the sweetest little polite dog who's spitting and snarling and barking at her. Yeah. So she decides the best course of action is to give it the meat out of her sandwich. So she opens the cage and the dog just mauls her to death. To death. So she did. Yep. Uh, fast forward a year. Patrick and Wheezy have now moved to the small town of Wakewood, which as Tony pointed out before we went on the mic, uh, Wakewood, the name of the movie is two words, but the town is one word. I can't figure out if that was supposed to be like a... I think it's a, I think it's a morning wood pun. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
It's but, just it's a, it's about boners. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't understand if that was like an oversight uh, or some kind of play on words or something. I, I don't really know. Yeah, when I first noticed it on the the sign, it said you know what now entering Wakewood or whatever. I pulled up on my phone, pulled up the IMDb, and I was like, wait, is it one word? I thought it was two words, but yeah, the name of the movie is two words for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, so Wheezy is a pharmacist. She, I don't know if she opens her own pharmacy or just works at the local pharmacy, but she's working there. Uh, Patrick is, you know, doing his veterinary stuff. He's working on a farm. A chemist? I think they call it in the UK. I think they'll call it a chemist. I don't know. Wikipedia says pharmacist. So, Well, Wikipedia doesn't know shit. Fine. I'll change it right now. I don't know now. shit about dick. I'll change it right now. Wheezy is a chemist. <laughs> um, but Patrick is working on cows. Now he's working on a farm, just like do giving C sections to cows. Yeah, like he's a he works for the the local vet. I think he's like a vet assistant or something, or vet tech, something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they're you know trying to get over the the loss of Alice. Like I said, it's been a year now. And one night they're they're driving along. They're driving along. And their car just mysteriously just stops working. It does the old wow, wow, wow. Yep. And when your car makes that noise, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, well, we're right by Peter Pettigrew's house. So we'll go talk to, to Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> this is a Harry Potter thing. Okay. Um, like I, the, the guy popped up on screen and I was like, hey, isn't that the guy from Harry Potter? And she was like, oh, yeah, that's Peter Pettigrew. Okay. <laughs> I don't know Harry Potter. I, I've seen it more times than I ever wanted to, which is one. <laughs> I, uh, I've i seen parts of most of the movies, I think. He was the guy that turned into the rat. You don't remember that? No. All no. I remember is... Harry falling down a hole of some sort. Like, I don't know the context. I was like, I was just thinking, okay, is Harry going to die and the movies are over? But it, it wasn't. He was alive, apparently. So wait, he's the, the local vet? Yeah, the, yeah, the older guy. I swear somebody called him father at one point. I don't think so. All right. Well, his name is Arthur. And like I said, they're right by his house. So they go to his house. And they knock on the door and everything, but he's not not there. So they go around back and they witness. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, couple's oh, yeah. car mysteriously breaks down one evening in the middle of the nowhere, where they and they go to the nearby house of Patrick's veterinary colleague Arthur. I, I swear I heard somebody call him Father. Maybe they said Arthur, and it was just muffled, crazy Irish tongue. Yeah. But so they go around back and they see the entire town is is in the backyard. Doing some kind of ritual. The greater good. With, that's exactly what I thought of too. That was my <laughs> first thought. But there's like a body all strung up and they're slashing it and chopping it and hacking it. And so Weezy's like, we gotta go. Well, they pull somebody out of the creamy nougat center. Do you see that at that point? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you see this body and it gets hacked up and then they pull another body out of it. It's weird. It was weird. Weird stuff. Uh, so, uh, Wheezy notices this. Patrick doesn't see it because he's out around the other side of the house or something. So, 
Fast forward to uh, Patrick's working on this bull, and the bull's owner is, you know, hitting it with some kind of club and telling it to get in the pen. The pen, and then he he finally jumps in the pen with it to try and corral it, and the bull backs up, pins him against the gate, <laughs> it, crushes Patrick's him. Patrick's like, "Don't do that! Yeah, don't do that! Don't do that!" <laughs> and then he did that. Told him three times. What do you, what do you want? <laughs> So finally, Patrick like opens the gate, which actually ends up being even worse because the guy falls down and the bull crushes him. Yeah, just just stomps him. Yeah, just stomps right across his stupid body. Um, imagine like imagine you stepping on a bag of potato chips. That's kind of like pretty much what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> um, or crisps, as they would call them. They would call them that. Yeah. Arthur tells Patrick, and it's. Uh, I don't remember how this comes up, but he he tells Patrick and Louise, he's like, hey, I know you miss your daughter. I can bring her back for you. It's a little, uh, you know, like Pet cemetery ish Yeah, that, Kristen actually said this is like a, a poor man's Pet cemetery. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of Pet cemetery and kind of, uh, like the the ritual itself is kind of golem-y. Yeah, I mean, it's very pagan. Yeah. Um, you know, very... Uh, I mean, if you think about like you know pre-Christianity rites and rituals, it's a, you know it's it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, lots of twigs, sticks, and stuff all <laughs> over the place. Uh, if somebody came to you and propositioned you with something like that, how would you react? I'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, okay, let's do that tomorrow. <laughs> we gotta fucking leave now." We're, yeah. we're never, we're packing up our shit. We're leaving this town. We're never coming back. Yeah. But instead, uh, Patrick and Weezy, they're just like, okay. I'm like, I don't know. And then later they're like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Like never once do they even like say, oh, this is crazy. This is madness. No, they believe him the second it comes out of his mouth. Yeah. It's like, oh man. I mean, I can understand why I need to move a movie or like movie or Move a film along, but I feel like you're missing some steps here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, finally they agree. Arthur tells him, look, if I do this, she has to... Um, he says, if I do this, you can't leave the town of Wakewood ever again. You're, you're bound to the town. Uh, she can only come back for three days, and she has to have been dead less than a year. But like, like I said earlier, it's been over a year at this point. But Weezy's just like, well, if we lie, they don't know that. Weezy's like, if we lie, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, which I, is always a good way to start a horror movie. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and I totally missed this element of it. Oh, really? Like I didn't pick up on that until the end <laughs> that it had been over a year. Because I'm like, why is all this stuff going wrong? Right, because you see other people that have come back and they're all like basically normal. Yeah. Um. Like this woman comes in with her her dead niece into the the chemist, <laughs> and like she's the girl's got an inhaler and she's like, oh, I need a refill. And uh, Wheezy is like, this expired a year ago. So put them together. Yeah, she's she's already dead. She's been dead a year. Well, less than a year. Less than a year. So they go and they do the ritual. Um, well. I guess, let me back up a little bit. Um, Arthur tells him, so to do this ritual, we need a dead body. 
and we need um, something of Alice's, something that was that was uh, uh, corporeal to her. He, he says, you know, a lock of hair would work fine. And they're like, we don't have that. You know, we moved away from our home and left everything behind. So naturally, what they do is they dig her up and cut off her finger. Yeah. Because that's what you do. That, once again, just jumping right to the most extreme thing. Well, it's like you couldn't, because they got bags of her shit, like just her clothes, well, yeah, her like toys Louise, and stuff. Louise is like, oh, could her, would her favorite teddy bear work? And he's like, mm, no, it's got to be like closer to her, like part of her. And I'm like, go check the teddy bear. Maybe there's a hair on the yeah, teddy bear. A fucking... A brush or something? Yeah. Like, like, long hair, you're losing hair all the time. Yeah. Like, all over the fucking place. There's probably at least one hair on some article of clothing. And if it's that big of a deal to you, you'll find one. You would think. But no, they decide to dig up their own child and chop off her finger. Totally logical. So they do this... Uh, <laughs> like He's like making them answer like this questionnaire. Oh yeah, he's got, a, he's got an abacus. Yeah, it's like this weird <laughs> pagan abacus thing. He's like... You know, mm, yes. Mm. Scrolling through all these, like, spin it this way, yeah. and that means one thing. It's like uh, fucking uh, Sulu and um, and uh, fucking Kirk. No, Spock. No, the, the Russian guy. I'm totally spacing out his name. Uh, Scotty. No, no, that's not Russian. That's Scottish. Um, <sighs> Anton Yelchin. <laughs> yeah, he played him in the movie. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but yeah, the way they would control the the enterprise. Check off, check off. Thank you. Uh, and they're just like pressing random things. It's like, oh yeah, this is totally what I do to operate a starship. Or like Al with the little Ziggy thing. Right. <laughs> hmm. According to this, one time uh, I was looking for a Christmas present for you, and I, I, I'm part of like a lot of. Um, uh, prop making groups like uh, just people that make like not necessarily ones for for films or tv just do it as a hobby this one guy was recreating al's computer or ziggy is no that's not ziggy is the computer that it's connected to but i don't know if the handheld thing itself had a name okay but this guy made replicas of it and like it lights up and makes noises and shit that's pretty dope yeah i'm like oh taylor would like that it's like five hundred dollars oh fuck that i don't like taylor that much (laughs) He was like, here, here's a roll of toilet paper and some hand sanitizer. <laughs> uh, t-shirt I wrote, Quantum Leap. <laughs> that's authentic. That's <laughs> one like, of a kind. It's like a, a authentic crew shirt or something. <laughs> Did you just write Scott Bakula on here? <laughs> it's not even cursive. <laughs> no, that's a signature. I don't know. <laughs> He was like, Dear Taylor, stay leaping. <laughs> Scott that, was, that was his catchphrase, right? You remember. He would always say, Stay leaping. Yeah, at the end of the episode, he'd like he'd say, Stay leaping, then he'd go to the next world. <laughs> it's Super Mario. Uh <laughs> So anyway, back to Wakewood. Uh, they, they they do this ritual 
Uh, they take the guy who was crushed by the bull. They take his body after convincing his his widow to let them. Apparently, that's part of it is you have to actually get permission to take the body. You can't just steal a body. And again, like people are just doing this, like handling this stuff like it's just second nature, which maybe for the residents of Wakewood it is. But. I was going to say for her, like she knows what's going on. And Arthur even says, he was like, you know, I know you want to see your husband again. Mm-hmm. Basically like threatening her that if you don't do this now, then I won't do this for you later. Right. But again, uh, Patrick and Weezy, they're just like. <laughs> this is normal. Yeah. It's like, well, this is what you guys do here. So, it's you like, know, like when we, in Rome, can we have his body? <laughs> Please come on, like be a, be cool. Yeah, be a dude. Be, be a pal. Um, so finally, they get his body and they hang him upside down, sever his spinal cord, shove Alice's reason. finger in his mouth, and uh, and then just cover him in like mud and sticks and twigs and whatnot. You know what the pagans do, and then set it on fire, which hardens it into like a nice bastard coated. Filling <laughs> bastard coated coated bastard with bastard filling, <laughs> and then they cut off the head and pull Alice out, and she's all goopy, just covered in mush and nougat and, and nougat, <laughs> caramel and schmutz. Uh, so they wash her off, and she's you know by all accounts seems like she's back to normal she's like how you know wait this is where we live now this isn't where we live and they're just like oh no we moved and she's like i guess i slept the whole way <laughs> and you know moving in and, and everything else <laughs> and everything yeah apparently i've been asleep for days um yeah so uh eventually they, Alice get, they, kinda, get, her, they get her home and they put her to bed and they're like so hot by the they they get so hot due to the fact that their dead daughter is suddenly alive again that they just start banging right outside their her bedroom door. Yeah. It's weird. That was a hot scene though. I could, it took me a while to figure out. There was a few times, because it's like one of those like, you know, real quick cuts and stuff. There's a few times where I'm like, what part of the body is that? Yeah, it's like this looks like it might be a boob, but I don't think so. At one point I think he was just he like they just showed his face in between her legs. I'm pretty sure it was just like, here's him just eating box. Maybe. One point, I'm pretty sure I saw his hand grab her foot, and like, I hate feet. Like, <laughs> I, have a, I have a foot thing, and a foot thing meaning I am absolutely repulsed by them. Uh, and uh, I saw him grab her foot, and I was just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, continue. Uh, so the next morning, they wake up, they're naked in her room which was weird yeah did they fuck in her room that's, with her sleeping that's the impression i got it's like i did that once but there was my friends <laughs> not, not my child <laughs> they weren't even a child um but they were outside when they started so they were like did they like get hot and heavy and they were like let's go in her room <laughs> instead of let's go in our room yeah, it'd, be, it'd be so hot if we had sex right next to her <laughs> Right next to our dead child. Maybe it's an Irish thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the next day, they're driving along. They're driving along. They on hit, the left side of the road, as you do. Yep. And the, with the steering wheel on the right side. Yeah, do you know that, like, I never understood why they did that. I assumed it was just fucking the UK being difficult. 
but apparently aren't we the only ones that are different no almost like i'd say probably like 90 95 of the world is oh really no sorry so 32 percent of the countries in the world drive on the left side i figured it was just like the metric system where we're just like no ours is standard no uh, and actually when you know america was first founded people you know rode their carriages and, and horses on the left but sometime shortly after the country was established it they made a law to switch it to the right side. But apparently it's got like some historical meaning because dating back to like the Middle Ages when there were still, you know, knights and soldiers, you know, st- strolling the countryside on their horses, like because most people are right-handed, they needed to keep their right hand free uh, to draw a sword in case anybody came up. I was going to say for jousting. <laughs> well, I mean, not far off, I guess. But they just needed, if somebody was crossing them on the right, they needed their sword hand free to, to fight. So that's why, let, like, going back that far, that's why people were on the left side of the road. Huh. And then, you know, when people, and, and when you came to America, they changed the right because people were driving large wagons and carriages and stuff because America had, you know, more space, longer distances, bigger roads. So, uh, but the steering wheel is on the other side, so it's still kind of the same. Yeah, and they switched it because apparently, when when people started driving carriages with multiple horses, um, there were no seats on the carriages or, or wagons, so they rode on the back left horse, but they couldn't see what was going on over here, so they switched it to the right. You are just full of knowledge. I, I learned all of this this morning. <laughs> I'm like, why? Dun, 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 dun. It was all one article, too. Like, I'm like, oh, well, this is everything I needed. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I'll be goddamn. <laughs> um, did not expect to learn something from this review. Well, now, you, now, you, now you're smarter. Uh, so Patrick hits a dog. And this he's... guy's the worst vet. <laughs> Man, he fucking... He let his daughter be mauled to death by a dog. He uh, let a man be crushed to death by a bull. <laughs> Then he hit a dog. And then, then, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a few minutes here, but then he let his reincarnated daughter stitch this dog up. Yeah. He's the worst vet. He needs to have his license taken away. (laughs) Yeah, so they stitch the dog up. uh, They keep it. They name it Howie. Alice names it Howie. After Howie Vendell. Obviously. (laughs) Um, Big Bobby's role fan. (laughs) Uh... So the the woman whose husband they used in the ritual, she's she feels like something is off about Alice. So she does the, her own little interview with the abacus, mm-hmm. and she's starts asking her just like, like at first it's just kind of normal questions. Then she says, you know, like when's your birthday, and Alice just won't answer. Her. And she's like, are you a normal girl? And I was just like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Why this, would you ask me that? This interview's over. And then she gets up and she's walking away and Weezy's like, are you okay? And she goes, I don't like that woman. <laughs> then Alice takes off and she uh, crosses the, the barrier, the you know now, now entering Wakewood sign. And as soon as she crosses the border, all of a sudden, all her wounds from when she died reappear. And she starts bleeding out of her neck again and stuff. And so Patrick grabs her and takes her back over the line and all of a sudden she's healed again. So that's Science. kind of, you know, they, they, they said you can't leave this town. 
once we do this ritual. So, but what I didn't understand was, could Patrick and Wheezy still leave? Because like, what would happen to them? Yeah, I don't know. They never really dug into that. No. Element. Um, basically, just that Alice would die. Yeah. Which you know, you only got three days with her anyway, so just wait and then just leave. Yeah. Like, fuck this town. It's like I know we said we were going to stay, but we're not actually going to stay. Yeah. You know, like, what are you going to do? But you promised. <laughs> uh, Alice starts killing cattle and uh, killing animals. She kills Howie, skins him, and nails his skin to the door. That's weird. I was twisted. That that skinned dog corpse looked pretty real. Yeah, it did. And so Arthur and the rest of the townspeople come to Patrick and Wheezy, and they're like, "Hey, you know, something's wrong here. You you need to put her back." And they're like, we know you have another day, but you need to just forget about that day and just just put her back in the ground and we'll all go back to normal. And they're like, no, that's our daughter. You promised us three days. We're going to have three days. Yeah. Also, they just keep letting themselves into their house yeah. like some fucking sitcom. <laughs> like Patrick even calls it out when, when Arthur first shows up in their house. He's like, what, you just let yourself in? He's like, oh, c- country traditions, I guess. <laughs> Like, mm, mm, yeah, that, that what happens once doesn't happen again. And yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. That's the, when I buy padlocks <laughs> or, or like uh, deadbolts and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So they say no. You know, we're we're going to keep her for the three days, and then they make this plan that they're actually just going to run away, and they're they're not going to take her back at all. But this is when Alice starts killing people now. Uh, there's three old men, Arthur and these two other old men. They're like, you know, drinking scotch and smoking cigars and hanging out. And they're like, well, guess it's time to go to the woods and kill that little girl now. (laughs) And all of a sudden Alice just appears in their house and grabs these knives and stabs them. Just just kills them. Yep. Kills them in the face. Um, So finally they realize, you know, something's wrong with, with Alice and they come to the conclusion that it's because she was been dead longer than a year. And that was why she came back evil. So they go and they put her back in the ground. Which seems like the flimsiest fucking explanation. Yeah, really. Like, uh, why? Why does a year matter? When What difference does that make? That is the switch from good to evil, apparently. <laughs> the old switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> so they bury her and, you know, Wheezy, like, cryingly buries her in the dirt. And then they're like... Cryingly. Cryingly, yeah. So that's a verb. <laughs> And then she's just like, oops, sorry that we lied. And so then Alice grabs her, like reaches through the dirt, grabs her and pulls her into the hole. And Patrick's all like, no. And they're like, ah, that's what you get yeah. for lying. Piece of shit. <laughs> they just like casually pull them off of her. And- yeah. They're just like, you're fine. <laughs> Quit being a bitch. Uh, cut to Patrick going to the pharmacy. One he- year later. He finds... Um, Wheezy's brush pulls a hair off it. We get the impression. They redo the ritual. She comes back. She's now fully pregnant. Oh yeah, th- I guess. Did yep. you did you mention that? I didn't. There was a scene where Alice comes and like, when is the baby due? Well, yeah, because and we Wheezy had had kept saying over and over again that she couldn't have any more kids, right? Because there's difficulty during Alice's birth yeah. that somehow made her barren or sterile or something, right? Yeah, now she's fully pregnant, and uh, we see Patrick with surgical tools uh, all laid out. And then he slyly looks at the camera 
Might as well have winked, a piece of shit. <laughs> Stupid fucking ending. <laughs> this made no sense. Like, so, okay. So he's going to give her some C-section, presumably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and save the baby, I guess. But how? Isn't the baby dead, too? I mean, I would think so. How, how did she, like, gestate while she was dead? I don't know. That was the thing I didn't understand. I was like, how could she have gotten pregnant? Like, I know she was pregnant when she died, but how could the baby have continued to grow and, you know, feed and stuff when she's dead? She's yeah. not pro- providing it any nourishment. And apparently, like, I mean, like, seemingly, it seemed like Alice had no recollection of being dead. But when Wheezy comes back, <laughs> <laughs> she's in showering and Patrick is talking to her and... You know, he's saying, like, how's Alice? And, you know, she's talking as if she remembers the afterlife. Yeah, that's true. I had thought about that. It's like, what? But yeah, she talks about, you know, I talked to Alice, and Alice is hoping for a baby sister and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like they were communicating in the afterlife. Well, and the girl, too, the the girl who came into the pharmacy with the inhaler, she said, you know, Alice, what did she say? Alice hasn't lost her voice or something like she that? She says she has a beautiful voice, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and that kind of spurred this whole suspicion that, that uh, she had of the whole town, basically. Um, but yeah, like, I don't... I mean, trying to find loopholes in, in some kind of pagan ritual seems like a, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I mean, case in point, the entire fucking movie. <laughs> because, I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. They tried to find a loophole, or, you know, like... Hmm. Kind of secretly go behind. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, what they don't know won't hurt them. But it did hurt everyone. Right. So I feel like the baby, for whatever reason, is in full gestation, would just die after three days. I would think. But what do I know? Or or turn evil or something? I don't know. (laughs) What do I know? I'm no scientist. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like I kind of like this movie, but I hated that end so much. <laughs> I thought it was like it's only an hour and a half, but it's so. I mean, I want I want to emphasize kinda. <laughs> like I'm not saying I like I was like oh yeah the movie's really good. Like I kind of liked it. Yeah, but then yeah I hated that end, and I I just hate when people randomly break the fourth wall at the very end of the movie. Yeah, like I said, he might as well have just winked at the camera, <laughs> and and just made me vomit all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me want to vomit all over your head, sir. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like... Also, if she was pregnant when she died, and it was one year later, wouldn't she have had the kid by now? One, well, no, it, it has to be less than a year, so maybe it was only nine months. Um, okay. I, did, I couldn't remember if it said, like, one year later, or if there was any kind of uh, mention of how long it had been. But I mean, if people are dying within nine months, die, die, die. <laughs> it's like who died nine months later? It seems like a. I know a lot of people are dying in this town. Yeah, unless they used Alice's body. She was in the ground. They dug her up once already. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like a clown car situation. <laughs> Pulling a fully grown woman out of a little girl's body. I don't know. I don't know. None of this makes sense. A lot of people do a lot of things. I feel like there's so many plot holes that 
it's like it's, there's definitely like like you mentioned before there's a lot of just kind of like skipping over things that don't make sense just be like if we don't talk about it no one will question it yeah, don't worry about it don't worry about it they weren't expecting two jackasses on a podcast t- 10 years later <laughs> to pick it apart well it's like the, the thing is it's like i wasn't even thinking that hard about it so when i'm picking up on this when i'm barely paying attention that's a problem <laughs> Like if I had like really been like intricately analyzing it, then I probably would have found even more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean it's just like you know plot holes you could drive a lorry through, because um, because Irish. What's that? A lorry? It's a yeah. truck. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know, like. It was a it was an okay story. Just the plot holes were ridiculous. So something I was wondering, I can't find it, any reference. I want to know if Alice, like a being named Alice and wearing a raincoat, is a reference to Alice, sweet Alice. I don't know. Be Maybe. a very vague little nod. You should get reach out to the director and be like, "Hey, be we, like, hey, we didn't. I, like I have it problems with your movie." <laughs> We we reviewed your uh, movie on our podcast. Don't listen to it, but <laughs> I have a question. So, like I said, this debuted at Lyft with five F or four, three Fs. What's the ABV on this? Um, the Lund International Fantastic Film Festival. Five point nine. It's no slouch. Um, it had a theatrical release in March of two thousand eleven. Where it grossed one thousand two hundred and fifty-one euros, which for those of you who would like a tran- a uh, three grand, it's 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 about fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, it's one thousand four hundred and eighty-six dollars. Wait, the euro is less than the dollar. Yes. Since when? Uh, the euro is one point one nine U.S. dollars. That's so very sad. It used to be like two dollars. But yeah, speaking of sad, fifteen hundred dollar box office. That's that rough. means like ten people saw it. Well, I mean, you know, there are movies that they put out, um, you know, with really zero intention of having a theater run. Yeah, they put it out so they can say that you know they put it out. They do one showing in front of so many people. So they say they could have they had a theatrical release. Yeah, it came out in four cinemas. There you go. That's probably what they're trying to achieve. So they could put it on home media. And it only ran for three days. Uh, this was the first theatrical release from Hammer Films in 30 years. Was this before Woman in Black? Did Woman in Black? Was that that was theatrical? Yeah, I guess it was, wasn't it? Because this was 2011. No, not the novel. Well, Woman in Black was a remake. Yeah, 2012. Oh, okay, so this Woman in Black was second then. Interesting. Um, yeah, um, like we were saying earlier, definitely very uh, Pet cemetery ish um, and a little Gollum-ish. God, there was something else that I thought it kind of reminded me of, and now I can't remember what it was. I don't know. Pet Cemetery was was the big one for me. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I don't know. The whole story, it wasn't terrible, but it seemed very generic. Very um 
kind of by the numbers, kind of saw where everything was going. It's like, oh, you know, these, this couple loses their child. They move a, move to a small town to get away from it all, and the small town's kind of weird. It's like, I've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. It's like it's definitely not the worst version of that movie that I've seen. Hell, fucking the uh, Pet Cemetery remake was worse than this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, movie. like I said, generic and, and the just the fact that everyone is so accepting of everything that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can do this ritual to bring your child back to life. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. Yeah. No questions asked. <laughs> It's like, hold on, say that last part again. But yeah, I don't know. I this is uh not great. It's I mean it's, it's not terrible though. Like I, I do wish that um I kinda wish Alice had killed more people. I wish it would have been more um more people focused instead of just slaughtering cattle and stuff. Yeah. I wish because you know, I, I get starting with that because it's the whole thing with like, you know, serial killers are usually harm animals when they're children. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but I wish it, it would have elevated a little more. I think she killed three people total. <clears throat> I think my biggest hang up was just like, okay, I'll accept the fact that after a year, for whatever reason, something goes wrong. Like, But I would have liked some kind of explanation to why that goes wrong. Like what causes it? Well, they even call it out too because... They, I think it was, the, it was the three days thing. They ask Arthur, they're like, why is it only three days? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, maybe it's the, you know, the um, cycles of birth, life, death. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, why write that? Why put that in the script if you don't have an answer? Right. But it's like, here, let me use an example, a real life example. Yesterday, I was wiring up some new thermostats in my house because we have baseboard heating. So we have a thermostat in each room. Um, and the ones that were in there, one didn't work at all. And the other one's just old. So I wanted to put some like new digital ones in, uh, to just keep the, especially the baby's room, keep it temperature controlled. Um, like I'm not an electrician. I have a very rudimentary understanding of in and out electricity. (laughs) Um, so I'm wiring this thing up and it's like, I know where they're supposed to go. I don't 100% understand why the wires go there. <laughs> I just know that they do. Um, but if I were to try and like write a tutorial or make like a YouTube video explaining how to wire a thermostat, it would be a very poor idea for anybody to watch it <laughs> because I would not be able to fully explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and there you go. <laughs> um, anyway, Anything else to say on the matter? Not really. I mean, like the overall, I think it's uh, it's okay. But um, yeah, there's a weird, there's lots of weird plot holes and and people just kind of rolling with the punches and at points when they really shouldn't. Right. Um, like oh, that's just what we do here. It's fine. Yeah. And just like Patrick and Weezy just seem, you know so overjoyed at the thought of seeing their kid again that they were just completely willing to overlook the absolute insanity of what is being proposed to them. Right. Um, I'm going to give it a six overall. I think I'll give it a five. 
Okay. I, I may have given it a six because I just have this kind of long-standing rule that I give a point for boobs. <laughs> but uh, You got one boob, though. It was one boob, very briefly. Yeah. It's just not worth a point. Yeah. So there you go. I also wasn't entirely sure it was a boob until the nipple poked out. It was That was weird, too. He's like pulling down her top. He pulled it up. Like he pulled down like the, the shoulder, the shoulder strap, strap, yeah, and then he pulled it up from the bottom, and it was just like this really like slow thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom. yeah, it was like I thought it was, I it was like a shoulder at first, and all of a sudden it was like nipple. I'm like, oh no, that is a boob. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. <clears throat> all right, next up. All right, cool. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> next up is a 2019 film, uh, Extraordinary. Why don't we see ghosts every day? Ugh, leave me alone. Most hauntings are so small, they go unnoticed. Hi, this is Rose's driving school. Maybe you could have a chat with my daughter, just to find out what's up with her. My name is Martin. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph! Martin, she's floating! She's floating, Martin! I know. What is evil? <laughs> I'm doing an incantation. Now! Hear me, powers of the night. The blood moon is nigh. This bloody moon better make me bloody rich. Yes. This is a satanic ritual. Satanists. I woke up in the morning. To break the spell, we need ectoplasm. You just have to let the ghost inhabit your body. Like in Ghostbusters. Oh, I haven't read that. The plot thickens. Why does it have to be so unnecessarily gross? Like magic! Aha! Your girl's got something. Prick. Holy s***! soon all right so extraordinary two words uh once again i mean well this one has a, has a reason but doesn't get explained till the very very end but right. it's not extraordinary it's extraordinary right um no as, spoilers on this one as an as an additional ordinary like more ordinary than one would normally expect for one to be right <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, so it's a 2019 film uh, written and directed by Mag- Mike Ahern and Enda Lohman. Lofman, probably. Irish people have weird names. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is the story of Rose Dooley. Uh, she is, uh, in her childhood, was a psychic prodigy. Uh, spoke to dead people. Yep. Her dad put out a series of tapes called The Talents. The Talents. About uh, being, you know, a medium of of one sort or another. Um, Yeah, uh, Vincent Dooley was her father. Uh, He's dead now. I don't think we get an explanation right off the bat why he's dead. 
Um, but well, I mean, we almost immediately know that she killed him. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's true. So it's, it opens up after this kind of introduction of Vincent's old, um, uh, um, video series. Uh, when I first heard the the voiceover, I thought it was Chris O'Dowd. And I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah, I love, I love Chris O'Dowd. And mm. it's not him. And I was like, oh, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to like the rest of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it, it, after this introduction, which is basically an excerpt from one of the talent's videos, um, it shows uh, Rose and her sister, uh, Sailor, Sailor at the cemetery at Vincent's grave saying, I'm sorry, I killed you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you call it when you kill your dad? Dad slaughter? <laughs> sorry, I slaughtered you, dad. <laughs> For those of you at home, it's patricide is what it's called. Patricide. You are just full of knowledge today. You didn't know that? No. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. If you kill your dad, it's patricide. Tony's Googled how to kill your father so many times. <laughs> if you kill your son... Or, I don't know if it's son or children in general, but if you, at least if you kill your son, it's filicide. Hmm. If you kill your mom, is it matricide? Matricide, yeah. Um, anyway, so, Rose is a driving instructor in a very, very small town in Ireland, um, and yeah, like I said, she has she's has psychic abilities. She can communicate with the dead, um, but she doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, she ever since she killed her dad, she doesn't do it anymore. Actually, her voicemail is like, "You've reached Rose's driving school, and if you're calling about the other thing, I don't do that anymore." Right, but she still gets calls for it. Um, Mostly only that. Right. It's kind of like how me at work, like actually. I, I used to have an outgoing voicemail. I said, hey, you know, this is Tony. This is the department I work in. If you are calling about this... Go fuck yourself. Leave your information. If you're calling about these other things, call someone else. <laughs> but people still left me voicemails. Hey, no one listens to voicemails. Um, anyway, you could probably be like, this is Patrick Stewart of the <clears throat> USS Enterprise... Please shove your own head up your ass. And be like, hi, this is so... <laughs> Um, so uh, I'm trying to think of the next important thing yeah so she uh, she keeps getting calls from people around town you know asking her to exercise ghosts um, but she really just wants to have her driving instructing business um we go to uh, another man, or a man living in the town, Martin, Martin, <laughs> Martin, Martin, um, who lives with his daughter, oh shit, what was his daughter's name? Sarah. Uh, yeah, Sarah, thank you. Um, I was very confident, as you can tell, in my answer. Right. <laughs> also, when I heard this voice, I thought it was Martin Freeman, so I was like, fuck yeah, Martin Freeman, hell yeah. Dude, yeah, like... <laughs> I almost feel like when they were casting, they'd be like, "I need a, like a Martin Freeman type type," because <laughs> he definitely puts off that vibe. Yeah, um, and then it wasn't him, and I was like, "Fuck this movie!" <laughs> <laughs> Just disappointment, <laughs> left and right. Uh, I was sold a bag of goods, <laughs> bill of goods. 
<laughs> Here, here's a bag of goods. Give me money. Like, okay, that's how this works. <laughs> I wonder what's in this bag of goods. <laughs> Wait a minute. This isn't Martin Freeman and Chris O'Dowd. <laughs> um, drinking was a bad idea. <laughs> or was it? I figured we didn't drink on 4th of July, so we should drink on, on not St. Patrick's Day. On, yeah, our St. Patrick's Day episode. Uh, the honorary St. Patrick's Day. Right. I almost said 4th of July. <laughs> well, it's like Irish 4th of July. Yeah, Irish. <laughs> this is like the 4th of July in Ireland. Well, I, don't totally think <laughs> I don't know a lot about St. Patrick's Day, but I don't think that's right. It's like the snakes or something. It's, it's all like, about snakes. It's like whacking day. It's like whacking day. <laughs> oh, the true story of St. Patrick's Nobody Day. Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, Sean. Sean. Nobody cares. Okay. So Martin Martin, who lives uh seemingly alone with his daughter Sarah, uh, we find out that his dead wife is still residing uh on the premises. In spiritual form, mm-hmm. controlling his life because she seems to be a very controlling woman. Um, Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie's the best character in the movie. <laughs> I love Bonnie. Um, it's like he goes to, like he goes into his room. And there's a shirt laid out, and he's like, "This one again," and he like goes to pick a different shirt, and the closet whacks him in the face. Right. Um, and uh. He goes and sits in the kitchen, or he's like making breakfast or something, and the dog's dragging his ass on the ground, and he's like, stop that, stop it. And then Sarah comes down, and he's like, what happened to your face? She's like, oh, I must have hit, hit it on something. She's like, it was mom again, wasn't it? He's like, you, you this, this is Sarah, did I, did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sarah says, you know, it, this is... This has gone on long enough because she's been dead for like ten years or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Um, it's been going on long enough. You know, she's you've got to get rid of her. Uh, you know, there's a a person in town who can take care of this. You need to call her. Um, and, and you know, mom needs to leave. And she says, hey, either you get rid of her, or I'm leaving. Um, and then uh, you know, while he's kind of doing this back and forth with his daughter, the dog's still dragging his ass on the ground and he's he's trying to tell him to stop. And then all of a sudden this toast pops up from the toaster with in scorch marks written dog has worms. And he's like, oh see, she's just trying to be helpful. <laughs> um anyway, so she's on her way out and she hands him a card for Rose, you know, and her driving instruction. Um says she, you know, she does or she, she she gets rid of ghosts and like I said you know you it's either her mom or me one of us has got to go so he calls Rose uh, under the pretense that he wants driving instruction Rose shows up and he starts driving like a pro and you know he does his parallel parking and she says you know Martin I think. Uh, I think you're ready to pass that driving test. And he says, I passed my test 18 years ago. <laughs> um, 
And that's when he kind of reveals that he actually wants her to help get rid of his wife. Um, and uh, elsewhere in town uh, is American songwriter Christian Winter, mm-hmm. <laughs> played by none other than Will Forty, who I just I love Will Forty. He's so funny in everything. Um, we've been rewatching How I Met Your Mother for like the seventeenth time, but the episode with him when he's uh, when Barney's trying to be his wingman, and the the girl's wearing the koala pin, and he's like, "Oh, he works for whatever zoo," and he's like the foremost koala expert, and she's like, "What's your favorite thing about koalas?" <laughs> he's like, "Their meat is delicious." <laughs> <laughs> It's like him in uh, 30 Rock. He plays Jenna's uh, lookalike boyfriend. Yeah. The Jenna impersonator. Yeah. It's so fucking... Pa- Paul Lassname. <laughs> Dude, th- like the names in that show are so phoned in. But like, <laughs> like it's so shameless. Like Hazel, what's her name? He also played Chris Paul Cross. Ru- he also played Paul Rubens, like little like Toady. When Paul Rubens, oh, was that's the- right, I totally forgot. Thank about that. you for coming to my party. <laughs> for some reason, I thought that character was in more than one episode. No, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> he just dies. <laughs> Classic. Um, <laughs> when he and Jenna are normaling, <laughs> I'll call the sitter and tell him not to come over, and we don't need to be sit on tonight. <laughs> the fucking sitter. <laughs> Some fucking midget justice <laughs> who's trying to get sat on. No one wants to be sat on here. <laughs> Oh, wow. Way off track. Anyway, so Will Forty uh, is a washed-up, one-hit wonder, um, American musician. He wrote uh, 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 Winter Woman? No, not sorry. Um, Shit. Galactic Woman? I think that's what it was. Cosmic Woman. Cosmic. Uh it's like la 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 cosmic woman. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole song. <laughs> yep. Or I mean, we only get like that's all we get. Yeah. yeah the most at any point in the movie we get is like a five second excerpt of the song. But he was apparently this giant hit in the eighties, and never made another popular song again. And so he moved to the Irish countryside. Uh, Presumably just to kind of get away from it all. Um, but in reality, he's been researching deals with the with you know satanic rites and trying to make a deal with a demon uh in order to get another you know hit album. And um Meanwhile he's married to this woman who seemingly hates his guts. Yeah, and like the only other thing I'd ever seen that woman in was uh that show Love. You oh, watched I never, that? No, I never watched it. Oh, really? 
Anyway, yeah, she was in that. But it's funny, her, her character in that show was like the polar opposite of this character. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, he's, he's trying to find a virgin to sacrifice to this demon in order to, you know, write another hit album. Uh, and his little bitch wife is just like basically shitting over his his entire process, just demeaning him at every opportunity. Um, and uh, this leads him to Sarah. So he with the willy stick. With the, <laughs> he's got this giant staff with a fucking cock on the end of it it's like it's like a carved like a wooden carved stick with just a big cock on the end and he uses it to guide him towards a virgin um this guides him towards sarah who he then possesses um but rose stops it in the nick of time by putting a holding spell on her um while her and martin figure out how to break this spell and prevent her from being sacrificed to this demon. Uh, and that involves gathering the ectoplasm of seven ghosts. And Martin says, well, how are we going to find seven ghosts? And she's like, well, actually, it shouldn't be a problem because she's had people... Her voicemail is full of them. Yeah, all over fucking town asking for her to exercise ghosts. So, I mean, that's what the majority of the movie is is uh, her and Martin going around exercising ghosts around this, you know, Irish village. Um, and the way she does it is she, you know, she'll conjure the spirit into Martin. <laughs> like, he's like the vessel. And I don't know if that's because he has, he seems to have some kind of latent psychic ability himself um, because he can hear his his wife speak to him sometimes. Right. Um, but he's like this vessel for her to conjure the spirit of, of the ghost into, uh, he, she kind of like talks him down off the ledge and then like, I, th I think she says some other kind of incantation to send them into the afterlife. Uh, and then, <laughs> then Martin vomits up the ectoplasm, <laughs> which basically just looks like a giant mouthful of cum. It does. Yeah. Um, and the way he, this guy does, what's this actor's name? Um, Barry Ward. The way he does this, he, it looks so fucking disgusting. <laughs> there's like a lot of it. Like you would think that he's just like holding it in his mouth, but there's so much of it that I'm like, if he was holding that and it's so just viscous and thick. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I don't know what it would have been in reality, but it definitely looked like cum. It looked like spooky. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so much of it. At least an entire mouthful. So if he had like, like I don't know how you could hold that much in your mouth without gagging. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, they they spend their time going around town, filling up these glass jars with this ectoplasm to uh, help save Sarah. Um, meanwhile, Christian has figured out that Rose is this witch. Um, and is like a foil to his plan. So he 
starts trying to uh, work around her and kind of you know do what he can to save his his own plan. Um, and yeah, I mean this movie's only a couple years old, so I don't want to s- spoil it. But th- there's a lot of funny stuff going on here, <laughs> like you know UK humor, you know British humor. And, and Irish humor, especially, uh, it's all so so dry and subtle, and I fucking love it because <laughs> um, it's the reason I like shows like, um, well, like Thirty Rock, where it's just like it's not like blatant in your face, like right, slapstick, it's slapstick humor. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> subtle, intelligent is not the right word, <laughs> I guess, but just subtle humor that you kind of have to think about, and like there's there's plenty of that in this movie. Um, and the way the, the characters and, you know, the actors act with each other, it, it just makes it that much funnier. And, um, at the end of the movie, you, you, you see Martin's wife, Bonnie, who is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, and the way it's, the way it's presented is so fucking funny. Um, just a cigarette just appears out of nowhere. Take care of his balls. <laughs> he likes it when you cup his balls. <laughs> take care of him. I mean, Martin and Sarah, not his balls. But take care of his balls, too. <laughs> and it's so funny, like, just how awkward Rose is. Um, you know she's she's kind of grown up with this shame of killing her father, <clears throat> and she's kind of. By the way, when you find out how she killed her father, it's so stupid. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a whirlpool and a dog. Yeah, it involves a dog, a whirlpool, and a bus or a garbage truck. Sorry, a lorry. Yeah, as I mentioned. Yeah, but it's a garbage truck specifically. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't really know what else to say about it without you know spoiling things. What did you think of the look of the demon? I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. It's basically a spin on the the classic, you know, ghost with the a Charlie shirt. Brown ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just it just looked cool. But it has like bloody eyes and stuff. Yeah. And you, the mouth is very pronounced. Right. And it was, it was pretty clear that something was underneath the sheet because it had, you know, actual like flesh hands. Or, you know, like a, corporeal is not really the right word because the sheet's corporeal. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I also like how she like <clears throat> saw inanimate objects that would interact with her. Like there's like a, a toaster with the cord is like waving at her. Right. Or like the uh, recycling bin would go up and down. Yeah. And that, that was kind of something that's something funny that's presented like right off the bat is when we're watching this uh, video from, from Rose's father, he's explaining how most possessions, um, you know, and you know, most ghosts, uh, or most manifestations of ghosts are minimal and they go unnoticed. And, you know, things like uh, a pen moving or... A pen cap moving. Or, or yeah, a pen cap moving. 
or a piece of gravel moving or just like really stupid mundane things like that. Doesn't he just say a gravel? A gravel, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not a stone, not a rock, a gravel. Um, and then yeah, yeah. Throughout the movie, you see different represent different examples of this: a toaster, a tree branch. Um, Stop waving at me, Brand. <laughs> also, uh, like, um, which also made me think of Thirty Rock with the the um, bag in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think probably the funniest one though is the first ghost that I go out to uh, exercise is this woman's husband who has possessed the recycling bin yeah because he was so adamant about recycling and he was irritated that his wife after his passing wasn't recycling <laughs> so he possessed the recycling bin so every time she got close to it the lid would flap open and go <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like stupid goofy stuff like that and of course, <laughs> she, when she tries by the old woman and she's like, hi, old woman. The woman's like, what? And she's like, oh, sorry. I thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, God, am I missing anything? Um, I don't think anything important that wouldn't give anything away. Yeah. I mean, it's just. The movie's really funny. It's funny because, like, when I was watching it, I was like, "It's I, I'm not, like, I'm not laughing out loud at any of this." But now going back through it, I'm like, "This was really funny." Yeah, and it, I don't know why, but it's funnier to recap it than it was to watch it. Fair enough. Yeah, like, um, I don't remember if I said this on mic, but I actually had watched this movie before. Like, I don't know if I put it on, or I don't know if I watched it after or before I put it on the list and just wasn't paying attention to one or the other. But yeah, I watched it again today and I remembered most of it, but I'm like, I don't remember it being this funny. Yeah. So, I kind of feel like I want to watch it again. Not immediately, obviously, but I get a little time to watch it again and see how, how much funnier it is on a second. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it, the, <laughs> the very end of this movie, like it ends. You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, Huh? What? <laughs> How is that it? How is that the end? No. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the way that they thwart the demon is so fucking awkward. Off the wall and awkward. It's the most awkward thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah. I I I I really I can't emphasize enough that this movie is so funny. Um, and like just off the wall, I think I had originally just found this completely on a whim. Like, like, I don't, I don't even remember how I found it. I'd never heard of it before. Um, and just completely tripped across it. And, um, like I thought it was maybe something I'd watch cause I saw, I think I probably saw like Will Forty was in it. I'm like, all right, well can't be half bad. And it's free on prime. So is it? Yeah. Wait, oh. no, not this one. No, sorry, that was that was Wake with it was free on Prime. Okay, um, this one was free on Canopy, which I'd never heard of, but I'm glad I found. Fair enough. Yeah, like I said, this is on if you have Showtime or the Showtime Channel on Amazon or Apple TV or something, it's on there. So Canopy is free if you have a library card. 
You know, oh, okay, I know Canopy. I can never use it because I got a library card and uh, never committed it to memory, never bothered to save it, and now it's just gone. Oh, I just signed up for a new one. I But do they give you... Wait, you have Seattle. Yeah. Okay, so I have to go through King County Public Library. Uh-oh. Or King County Library System, I think it's called. Yeah, so if you have Seattle Public Library, maybe it's a whole different system, but... Yeah, they just like I just signed up and they immediately gave me a number. I, I didn't need like a physical card. They just give me a library number and I just put that in. Mm. See, so, yeah, I think they give you a digital card number. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, it's not important. Um, yeah, so I just completely tripped across this by accident, and I thought it was maybe something I'd watch for you know half an hour until I got bored. But it was so funny. Like it was just. A sleeper hit, you might call it. You might. I wouldn't. Probably not. Yeah, most people probably wouldn't say that. Um. Yeah. I guess it's kind of it. Yeah. Good stuff. It's not. You know, it's it's not a horror. It's it's not scary in any way. But it's um. You know, there there's ghosts. There's a demon. So it does have those horror elements, but yeah, overall it's mostly just a comedy. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, like, it's it's a horror in the same way that Shaun of the Dead is a horror. I would say Shaun of the Dead is more horror, but yeah, it's the same vein. Yeah, it just it's comedy with horror elements. In sure. It. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the whole cast is really great. Um, everybody works really well together, and everybody's really funny. Except it doesn't have Chris O'Dowd or Martin Freeman, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, Martin Freeman's not. That's my my, Irish. my only problem with the guy who played Martin is that he's not Martin Freeman, so. <laughs> but he's like a poor man's Martin Freeman. But if he had been Martin Freeman, it would have been so much better. <laughs> like Martin Freeman in the first season of Fargo. Like if Chris Dowd had actually been in it. He wouldn't have done well as the dad because he's, I don't think he's old enough for that. No. I don't even know what he would have played <laughs> other than like Martin. I just thought he would have just been in the voiceover, but mm. I guess that's kind of a waste of his talents. Yes. He's in such high demand. <laughs> have you ever watched Moon Boy? No. It's a good show. It was on Hulu. I don't know if it still is, but it's pretty funny. He's, uh, do you know what it is? It's kind of. Basically... There's a boy who lives in this small Irish town, and he has a um, an imaginary friend who's Chris O'Dowd, and <laughs> his imaginary friend always dresses the same way he does. Oh shit! All right, we gotta wrap this up. Crisis averted. Um. Anyway, yeah. So he. His imaginary friend always dresses the same way as him, which is kind of part of the joke. But his, his imaginary friend is like, like the worst influence. Like he just like, like dropped a friend. Uh, kinda. Like he basically like this. You know, he's like a twelve-year-old kid, thirteen maybe, uh, and so he has just terrible twelve-year-old ideas. And his imaginary friend's just like, oh, yeah, that'll work. That'll, that'll <laughs> definitely work. So, anyway, it's funny. 
So, good stuff. Um, you have anything to add to this? I don't think so. All right. Um, you know, I thought this was really funny, and I don't think I would change a lot about it. Um, I think I'll give it a nine. Um, like I said, I, I, like, I had so much fun re- reviewing this, but I feel like I didn't have as much fun watching it. But looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, these parts were really funny, even if I didn't laugh out loud at the time. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give it an eight. All right. So yeah, this is one that you, I really think you'd, you'd want to check out, you know, regardless of where you watch it. <clears throat> Wakewood, maybe not so much. Yeah. So there you go. So that's going to do it for our St. Patrick's uh, representation episode. What? Representation? It's not on St. Patrick's Day. Oh. <laughs> our Irish appreciation episode. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, hope you had fun. If not, fuck you. <laughs> Um, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. Taylor, what are we, what are we going to be watching? We're going to be watching the 2021, um, remake, reboot, whatever the fuck it is of wrong turn plus psycho Gorman. I've heard some nutty things about this movie. It looks nutty. (laughs) It's the same guys that did, uh, well, the void, which was pretty solid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Phil Kostansky. Okay. I probably got that first. Kostanza. <laughs> can't stand you. <ya. laughs> um, I can't. I don't know if maybe it's Chris Kostansky. I know Alex just had him on his show. Fuck Alex. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> um, yeah, did the void, but also things like Manborg, which is just like. Have you seen Kung Fury? Yes. It's that, that kind of movie. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what we'll be getting out of that. So look for that in two weeks. Yep. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? Best place to find us is at graveplotpodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. And, of course, patreon.com. Slash Grave Plot Podcast, where you can get exclusive content for just a little bit of money. Hella. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you again next time. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. There's a county map to go with the wall of her. Let's stick in the shinty bowl to break the brack, the crack, and all. Let's call it an Irish pub. Spread upon the holy book, the only cry to get is a slap in the air. Well, I'll be fucked, I'll often burst your filthy mug. If you draw one more shot, in me beer. Fire, body, tri-color, a color, an Irish pub. <laughs>
was fight the drinks and pay the cost we got as an Irish pub. The quick run in the filthy dog, the patent glass across the mug of the lady, yo, the dirty dog we got as an Irish pub. It's over to me, we'll skip along the avenue. Got us an Irish pub Quiet, I'll be fucked It's red upon the honey book The only crack you get Is a slap in the ear Well, I'll be fucked You'll laugh and burst your filthy mug If you drop one more shot I'll give me beer Draw one more.